rdtdaily.com presents a Tara Buster with comedian Tara Devlin. All right, here we go. What's up? I hope you could hear me. I have some issues. Can you hear me? Let me see. Did you hear the theme song? Let me know. Say yes or no if the theme song went on. Okay, good. Oh, good. Well, we're in we're in business then. Great. Thank you guys. This is my um, my co-producers in the chat room. Guys, hello. Thank you, Jim. Already popping in with the super chat. Yes, my name is Tara Devlin. We meet here every Saturday evening from six to eight p.m. Eastern at the RDT Daily Facebook and YouTube channels, and we are rebroadcast starting Sunday at six p.m. Eastern on Progressive Voices. Anytime on the Progressive Voices app, SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher. Please give the show a good review on iTunes. That helps us grow and share the show with your friends. Share our clips. Share our good vibes, our good, the good news. Share the good news about the progressive values and not just values, F values, the progressive policies that built the American middle class to begin with. And that's what we talk about here. We're not specifically um, cheerleading the Democratic, the DLC Democratic Party, I hate to say it, although we do understand that, I, I don't know, I'll speak for myself, that, I don't know, I'm still struggling. I always say when you're in a hole, stop digging. Yes, of course, it is, it's really going to be tough to vote for Biden in my, I, I, I will, I will do it. And I'll encourage everyone to do the same. But, yeah, it is going to be one of those holding your nose and also really understanding what we're, what he is, what we're up against, and not going back to sleep. And maybe, I hope, waking people up, the dum-dums uh, who, there are many, they're, they're concentrated on the right. There is no doubt that the right wing of this country are incapable of functioning in a free democratic society. That's the bottom line. They prove it every single day. We are up against fascists, and we're, we have, we're up against fascists, and we're also up against corporatists, a kinder, gentler corporatist, a kinder, gentler version of fascism. Yes, of course. What is fascism? Fascism is the merger of corporations and state with uh, a belligerent nationalism and uh, there's, there's whatever the 14 characteristics of fascism. I, should, I used to be able to rattle them off. 14 characteristics of fascism. Let's see. My uh oh, something's going on with my microphone. It's wobbling. It's making me nervous. So yeah, um in the while I'm looking this up, if you guys are so inclined, if you can become a patron, become a patron at patreon.com slash Tara Devlin. And the goal is to do the show every single day, but we need your help. That's how it works. We're in this together. We stick together, we win. It is the truth. I'll do my part. I'll be here. I'll show up. 
I'll do all the other shit that goes along with this, with doing a show. But we, we're in it together. We need each other. I need you. So that's for sure. And all right, let's see. What is the 14 characteristics of fascism by Lawrence Britt? Political scientist Lawrence Britt recently wrote an article about fascism. This was in 2003, so this is not too recent. Uh, it was called Fascism, Anyone? And it was published in Free Inquiry. Studying the fascist regimes of Hitler, Mussolini, Franco, Su- Suharto, how do you pronounce that name? Suharto? Suharto? Eh, let me look this up. Hold on. So it doesn't sound like a complete ignoramus over here. I can't, I can barely say my own name half the time, so we, we know that. Let's see. How do you say Suharto? Oh, of course, now i got to listen to a commercial. How do you say? Wait, hold on. Damn it. Yeah, this show gets better. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Hang out. Chill out a second. It'll get better in a minute. How do you say it? Fucker. Oh, my God. I said it right. Suhardo. I'm going online and looking it up. Yes, okay. Pinochet. So he was looking at the regimes, the fascist regimes of Germany, Italy, Spain, Indonesia, and Chile, and found that they all had 14 elements in common. Just so, just like we go through history and we learn the lessons of how a republic dies, we have many examples of that as well. And we learn how, how to overthrow autocrats. Another way, you, one way you overthrow them is you don't overthrow autocracy with violence. Unfortunately. For the most part. Um, anyway, but as far as 14 characteristics of fascism, powerful and continuing nationalism. Disdain for the recognition of human rights. Now, tell me if any of this sounds familiar. Uh, as far as our country is concerned. And if you're listening from another country, congratulations. You hit the you hit the the lottery. I could have been born 300 miles to the north and I would have universal health care and be living in a country that isn't completely insane. And I mean Canada. Or my grandparents could have just stayed the hell where they were in Ireland. I don't know if anybody else, if your heart was broken when you read that Canada is outlawing all assault weapons. I Not because I miss them. I, not because they're going to be, uh, they're not going to be free. The, the, in fact, I was like, that's what it's like. That must, must, that must be what it's like. To live in a country that is not co-opted by greed and money, where greed is not the only value, where the representatives actually sometimes work for the people. The only reason we're awash in assault weapons, and there are many reasons, is because, well, the ultimate goal of conservative government is to destroy democracy. And they need us at each other's throats. That's why they will never 
that they will never undo um, assault weapons ban. They want people out here um, murdering each other. They love it that way. So continuing on with, well, we'll get to more of that in a, in a few. Number three, I don't know why the camera's annoying me today. Maybe it's just me. I'm annoying me. Um, number three, identification of enemies and scapegoats as a unifying cause. Uh, hello, uh, caravan, Muslims, any other. It's all the, always the other. Whatever, the, the minority group du jour. Immigrants. Now it's immigrants in the nation of immigrants. This is how disgusting, this is how twisted this country is. In a nation of immigrants, the fascists want us to attack immigrants. So talk about um, hating yourself. And like I say, here you go. This is example, Exhibit Z of classification, B, part 1.23A. Republicans hate America. They hate what it means to be an American. They don't understand it. That's why they have to redefine it. I don't know what they're doing when they're waving their flags. What are they, what are they waving and celebrating? They think being an American means they have a birthright to act like an asshole. That's about it. Go all over the world. They don't need, please, they wouldn't travel outside the United States half the time. But they have no problem with that. Some of it is, it's not their own fault because they're working three uniquely American low-paying jobs. They can't afford to go anywhere. And they also can't afford to get a passport. That costs money, and it takes effort. And then to travel somewhere to another country when they happen to have been born in the greatest country that, ever, that Jesus Christ ever created? Why bother? That's why they're so ignorant and small and tiny. They're the tiniest little babies going, and unfortunately, that's who we're dealing with. And Republicans unleash them on decent society because they hate America. Ultimately, they want to destroy democracy. Ah, there goes that music. I hope you can hear the music too, right? Tell me. Otherwise, I'll have to fix something. You heard the music, right, guys on there? I'm sorry. I mean, I know I can't tell if it's going out over in my headphones or over the air. Turn it up. It's very low, I know. I have to it's not the it's the way it was recorded. I have to make a different recording and up the levels. Yeah, it's real it's really low. All right. So continuing on for with the 14 characteristics of fascism, just a refresher course since it's needed, supremacy of the military. There you go. That's who the Republicans are. The military can do no wrong. Cops can do no wrong because they need the cops to bust skulls when the people get out of hand, when they, when they do, actually do demand a seat at the table, like in Zuccotti Park. They couldn't have that growing. The... 
the whole notion of Occupy Wall Street. They had to break that up. That's why they didn't go into the Michigan State House and arrest the white Nazis screaming in the faces of the representatives and, the, and those there to protect them. They would send it, but believe me, if it were a bunch of liberals, if they were in there demanding that, let's say, the factory slaughterhouses remain closed, demanding workers' rights, workers' protections, living wages, equal rights, you know, progressive things, stuff that would actually make a functioning democracy. Trust me, the cops would be busting skulls up in that bitch, and we know that. They, the fact that the fascists can get away with what they get away with goes to show you who is in control in this government. And it's coming from the top. Don't be fooled. And I, I talk about this because it has to be, um, it, it has to get into everyone's, uh, the common knowledge. We're not a, we're not a functioning democracy. We are not a, um, we're an aspirational one. I don't care. You know what annoys me? besides everything else, listening to the corporate media. One of the criticisms they had that the corporate media had against Bernie was saying, oh, Bernie and Trump supporters, Bernie supporters and Trump supporters are the same because they both say that the system is broken. Well, duh, of course the system is broken. Unfortunately, Twitler, he knows the system is broken and he's activated his morons he tickles their racist funny bones, and he know he plays into that, the very real state of existence that people are living in nowadays, with the middle class being less than fifty percent of the population. This is a real thing. Having to go on a food bank line after missing two paychecks—that's not functioning. That's not a functioning democratic republic. That's a failure. That's a failure of leadership, not of the people. It's also, the if we failed, we have failed in the way that we have refused to stand up, that we have done this to ourselves. We allowed it to happen. But it's like that boiling frog. They did it to us slowly. It didn't happen overnight. This went on for 40 years. My father was still alive. He was living in the benefits of the New Deal that, was, that liberals created. He was able to retire. He was able to, and when he got sick, he was able to have the care that he needed. Unlike future generations, if we continue on this trajectory. So he had no clue that, uh, and according to him, listening to Rush Limbaugh, and the right-wing fascists, they were telling him that, oh, you know, all of the problems, you see, you were able to have a decent middle-class life, being a garbage man, what's wrong with it? What's wrong with them? They just want everything handed to them. They're taking advantage. It must be the social safety net here in the United States of serfs and lords. That's what the problem is. It's not the, that people at the top 
are robbing you and twisting government into uh, writing laws, buying politicians, corrupting government, writing laws, making sure that it gets worse, that the income disparity and upward immobility becomes the worst in the entire Western world. That didn't happen because we decided to give somebody fucking food stamps, which is sickening. Not that we give people food. It's just the whole, the whole game that's being played. Don't you see it? That's what's so annoying about Trump and Z's. Are you that stupid? They're so hyper-focused on conspiracies. Everywhere they see a fucking conspiracy, but not the conspiracy right in front of their faces. That's playing out. That's the oldest conspiracy in the, in the world. It's as old as recorded history. It's the rich are getting richer on your back. Doopy, and you're allowing it. And you're attacking each other instead of turning your anger where it belongs. Yeah, those idiots at the Michigan State House, they should be angry, but they should be angry at the right things. So, anyway, com- continuing on. <sighs> God help us all. Oh, thank you, Shannon, for your super chat. Bing. Bazoom. Maybe I should have a bell or something when somebody does a super chat. Let's see if I have a sound effect. I was able to run. I figured out how to run the music under the underneath and keep the sound effects. So maybe it could be this. When a super chat comes in. (laughs) No, I don't know. Or this. Meh. A little low key. Or how about maybe it could be. I can do this. I'm disappointed. That's better. Because every time you do a super chat, Susan Collins is like... I'm disappointed. Exactly. Because she knows. She knows that we're coming for her. I'm disappointed. She wants you to give your money to Twitler. So when you do your super chat at, to, to the support the liberal media, Susan Collins is like... I'm disappointed. <laughs> that sounds like a good one. Ah, uh, rampant sexism. Uh, this is this this just describes the entire Republican Party. Even the Republicans, you know, they all they have their fembot um, human shields. Whether it be, it's not just fem, they'll if you're a person who's not white, they'll put you right in the front. You know what I mean? The same thing with, but you have to be, you have to be as you have to be unconscious. You have to be somebody who protects the white, the straight white male hierarchy at all costs. You can't be somebody who's awake and knows what time it is. You have to be their human shield. Same thing with a, with a woman. If you're a female conservative, you have to be an even more uh, rabid anti, uh, a more rabid misogynist than the typical Republican male. You have to be like a Sarah Palin. Absolutely. And thank you, Patricia. I saw your super chat come in. I'm disappointed. I know. I know. <laughs> Maybe that'll get old quickly. 
I'll get some more, some more different Republicans being disappointed. So there has to be some other, some like uh, Republicans or let's see who else do I have? So I learned about roaches. I learned about kids jumping on my lap. <laughs> roaches. I learned a lot about roaches and kids jumping on my lap. You see. Well, that clears it up. Thank you, Joe Biden. Anyway, where was I? Where is this goddamn article now? I've lost it. I lost it. Here we go. I'm disappointed in myself today for being so s slow on the button. Thank you for putting up with me and for supporting me. Anyway, oh, thank you, Deborah. Jesus, these super chats are coming in, and you're really getting on Susan Collins' nerves. I'm disappointed. <laughs> All right. She is. She knows. It's only a matter of time. She's. We're coming for her, that's for sure. Can't you dream? Sometimes when I get really de depressed, I think about a world where... Susan Collins has absolutely no power. Wouldn't that be great? She's done enough damage for 15 lifetimes, this bitch. I can't stand people like her. She's such a coward, a coward lickspittle who hogs up the camera. How many times have we had to wait for Susan Collins to make a decision and then she makes the wrong one, of course. Always siding with the oppressors. That's your Susan Collins for you. Then she cries that she's been victimized. Remember somebody asked her a question? One of her constituents got caught up to her in a airport and asked her a question. And then Susan Collins of course, dismissed him like the worm that he is. He's only, he's not a Koch brother. He wasn't a member of the Mercer family. Or, uh, what's his face? That, 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 what's his name? Oh my God. That one who Chris Christie flew out to see. That billionaire. The, the, the one of, oh, he's just right out of a, a super villain you know who I'm talking about. Chris Christie insulted him by saying something around, by calling Israel, he, he said the wrong word when referring to the Palestinians, and it insulted him, this billionaire benefactor, one of these Republicans' billionaires, but he's the guy, who is this? Somebody on the chat will tell me. Adelson, Sheldon Adelson, yeah. And Chris Christie flew in the middle of the night. This is when Chris Christie was the governor of New Jersey. Chris Christie. Let me just see if I can find the article. Sheldon Adelson. Yeah, how... Um, apologize. Let's see if I can find it. He insulted Sheldon Adelson he, that he had to fly out in the middle of the night, on the taxpayer dime, of course, to personally, oh, he called the 
uh, he called, he used the word occupied territory. Governor Chris Christie, this is in 2014, apologized to Sheldon Adelson in a meeting on Saturday for stepping on the fault line in Middle East politics during a speech he gave earlier in the day. Can you believe that? That's who is representing the people. This is Chris Christie. Of course, he's not in the, he's not in power anymore, but it goes to show you. But he's on MSNBC. They'll get his opinion. These fucking people. He, he has no problem. Remember how Chris Christie was followed around on purpose. They followed him. He had a media person follow him around with a camera to get him fighting and uh, insulting, fighting with union members, all, um, retired teachers. He's got all the balls to to kick down on retired teachers, but he says something, he says occupy territories, and he has to fly out to, to please beg, beg his master to forgive him. This is why. You understand? I'm sick of it. These fucking idiots are in the Michigan State House terrorizing elected representatives. And the, this story, this is 2015, I mean 2014, it, it, it shows you everything that's wrong. This whole country, it needs to, we need a reboot here. And I get to this point where it's, I'm like, why, what are we doing? I'm so sick of Republicans. They have damaged this country so beyond repair, it feels. And I, you know, uh, voting for Joe Biden, it's, it's better. It's better than what we're dealing with. But let's not pretend that it's anywhere near what we need to do. What needs to be done is... We have to oh, we have to fix this thing, and it seems insurmountable. And ha- I know how we can fix it. I'm not fucking delusional. We understand what we have to do. It's simple. It's everybody in, nobody out. It is teaching our young people that we have a democratic republic, and that's a very tenuous thing. You get money out of politics. You begin by reducing, yeah, that's how you do it. You don't just reduce it like Nancy Pelosi says. You eliminate it. Then you start from there. It's not complicated. Where's Francis? Somebody said Francis. They had a Francis. Francis. Somebody said there's a Francis Jr. Jr. Francis. Anyway, so that's why um, something, a story like this. Now, I don't know. I don't want to go into, uh, I know I'm all over the place. I had many things I wanted to talk about today. And it's, it's, everything happened so quickly. I, one of the things I was going to talk about was not the 14 characteristics of fascism. We could, I could do the whole show on this. And I'll just, for the uh, sake of, consistency i'll just read the rest of them one is controlled mass media obsession with national security religion and government are intertwined corporate power is protected 
Labor power is suppressed. What the hell? What is going on right now? Corporate power is protected. Mitch McConnell is right now trying to make it that all of this, these rescue packages, that there will be no accountability for corporate corruption. While the filthy, disgusting Republicans and the conservatives on both sides of the aisle are sending workers back into the corpse-making factory so they can die. Because, like I said in in the last show, if you think that the way we treat animals in factory farms isn't directly related to the way labor force is treated, then you're you're not really thinking clearly. It is 100% related. We are just one rung higher on that ladder, as we have seen. They will send these people to die. That's an essential business. And an essential worker is somebody who makes corpses in a factory farm? No. They're throwing food away right now because there's too much. Farmers are, th- are throwing out, oh, uh, they have to dump milk, they have to dump all, uh, eggs. What happened to trickle down? And this is the other thing. I keep seeing these, there's no demand because many of the businesses, like schools and whatnot, they're not, I don't know, whatever. It's, it's not as, you don't need as much. So they're also killing the animals. Just killing them for no fucking good reason. There's just too many of them. Well, this needs to be addressed. And if you don't think that it has everything to do, you don't, uh, with how we're treated as a species, in the eyes of corporations and capitalism, we, human beings, workers, are not, we're, we're just a little bit higher on the food chain than those chickens and pigs that are being just murdered for no fucking reason, just killed. Because they don't have enough. There's too many or whatever the hell. They, they can't sell them. They can't feed them until they're big enough to be killed. They're killing. They're just killing them. So if you don't think that it can go there again, that's another thing. They, uh, this country, in so many ways, is so unconscious that it's, it's frustrating. And I'll tell you the other side of the break. For example, the middle passage. When we had... Okay, on top of everything else that pisses me off, um, nothing makes me more enraged than listening to those who work for a living. Don't, and, and p- believe me, even those workers right now who are at the um, ha- being forced back to work in the corpse factory? There, I bet you, if we, I mean, God knows where they all live. Some of them are in Kentucky. Some of them are who the fuck knows, right? In these red states, you know there are Trumpanzies among them, and you know if you talk to them, some some of them might actually say they're capitalists. Yeah, I believe in capitalists. Yeah, I'm a capitalist. They think that some kind of patriotic imperative in the red states, that's what they think. They are confused. They think that capitalism is synonymous 
with being an American. So it's your American right to exploit workers, even if that worker is you. That's what they think. They really do. So it infuriates me beyond belief that we actually have people who work for a living, who trade their time. They're trading a service and the time in their life that they will never get back for a, a set number, some, a piece of the profit that their labor makes possible. And, uh, you know, it's a pittance, of course. It's nothing. They're exploited. They're treated like shit and easily discarded. And when they die of coronavirus, oh, well, fuck it. There'll be somebody else to take their place. They're not humans, just like the pigs that they're slaughtering. They're just one rung higher. So if if you think that you're a capitalist and you work for a living, capitalism without regulation is what we're experiencing right now. We're, um, we have somewhat regulation. They, that's why if we allow it to go to its conclusion, the, 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 take, it, take it to where it's already been, capitalism will separate your families. It doesn't treat you like a human. If you're not, if you're not profitable, it'll throw you over, fucking overboard. That's capitalism. That when you think of the middle passage where that brought human beings from Africa to the New World, and there were too many or some maybe were sick and it was just not enough, who knows? For various reasons, it wasn't profitable for them to complete the journey as they were stuffed in there like the chickens who are now, right now, thanks to Republican policies, stuffed into these factory farms without the ability to raise their wings. Think, this is just disgusting, inhumane treatment of animals. And that's the way we treat other human beings. Not too long ago. And it's all connected. Of course it is. So if you think you're a capitalist, you better... Go in the mirror right now. Look at yourself in the mirror and smack yourself across the face and say, wake up. You're not a capitalist, honey. If you trade your time out of your life for a service, you're a worker, you're a laborer, and you're, we're in this together, and you better believe it. You better wake up. And we have to figure out what, I, I mean, we know. We know what the right thing is to do. What is the meaning of an economy? Why, do we, why have an economy? What is the purpose? Is it just to make the rich richer? No. Nobody would think that, at least out loud. But what, this is the problem. You uh, exploit... If, if we, we think that those workers in the factory farms are exploited, if they're exploited, we're all exploited. That's the, th- that's the truth. And that's the problem with this country and the American sheeple, the way that they have set it up, the way that they have health care for some, retirement for some, Education for some, the way this is set up, living wages for some, 
this is conducive to not just a and uh, and you know the death of democracy. It's conducive to the creation of an intergenerational autocracy once again. So it's all effing connected, and it's happening. We're not kidding. It's happening, and one of the telltale signs is the fact that we can't get anything done that actually matters. The fact that we're, we have students, kids going to school with PTSD, ha- having to endure live shooter drills after already being victims of live shooters. Instead of fixing the problem, we can't fix the problem because too much capitalism, too many people are getting buku bucks. So what's the meaning of school? What's the meaning of life? It's uh, uh, right now, it's, it is to make the rich richer. And when you see an, a country that actually has a somewhat functioning democratic republic, they, they, they address their problems. When they have one mass shooting and they outlaw assault weapons, we should all be ashamed for allowing this to continue. And I, that's why the Democrats, okay, come on, give me a break. They don't, if you don't fight like your life depends upon it, then you're, you're really enabling the system. And yes, um, what's so irritating about, about the DLC Democrats and then the MSNBC crowd saying that Bernie supporters were like Trump's supporters, de- denigrating us, denigrating those who, who supported uh, the new FDR the new New Deal, the new progressive revolution that we need by saying, oh, well, Bernie supporters is saying that they're saying the same thing that Trump supporters say, that the system is broken. Of course it's broken. How dare you? We have people right now who um, are being forced back to work in the middle of a pandemic while the rest of Earth are getting paid to stay home. In functioning societies, they're getting paid to stay home. And that's the way it should be. They're not getting pushed out to go to corpse-making mills because uh, they can't, we can't afford it. No, they have no value. That's what it's about. They do not value us. And because it's not just... Those who are in the who are making the corpses, not the workers in the factory farms. We're all that. That's that's what they think of us. All. You may think you're higher on that ladder, but it's 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 uh, not that far down, honey. That's why we're all connected. If they could treat those people like that, they can treat us all like that. And what are you gonna do? Wear a pink scarf? Have a march? Ridiculous. So, uh, just to continue with the 14 characteristics, just to wrap it up, 
corporate power is enthroned. I mean, well, in, where did I get enthroned from? Protected. Labor power is suppressed. Disdain for intellectuals and the arts, of course. Because, well, that's, you know, it's way over your head. Plus, arts make you think. May think, may make you question your betters or the system or what, what the oppression. Obsession with crime and punishment, of course. This comes from both sides. Rampant cronyism and corruption. Hello. What is the government of the United States but rampant cronyism and corruption? And what is more apparent than having a literal con man in the catbird seat of power and all of his sycophants and thieves and crooks Stealing and writing laws to steal more. And while people are dying, they're doing nothing, and uh, except, except patting themselves on the back for it. There's nothing more corrupt than that, than going out there and telling everybody you're doing a, We're doing a great job. Thousands, millions uh, have it. We have more cases than anyone else. 60,000 Americans dead in two months, and it's a success story, Jared Kushner says. And they have a whole right-wing apparatus, a media propaganda apparatus that, uh, that, that echoes it and jerks them off. And, of course, fraudulent elections. That's the last one. And when you have somebody squatting in the White House despite receiving fewer votes, hello. Or how about taking Bernie's name off the ballot in New York when there's no reason for when there's actually an election that day and people are going to vote by mail, which uh, the, the, the governor that everyone wants to go and replace Joe Biden with, the, the great white hope governor, the Republican, the basic, the crony, the guy who grew up in government. His father was a decent governor and a real Democrat, if, as far as that was concerned, but not him. He's not. He, he, he plays the system. He plays on it. He knows where the bodies are buried. So he's, uh, they want to draft him. But he's the guy that took, well, helped take Bernie's name off the ballot, even though, you know, to protect us, right? To protect the, we the sheeple, but not protect us from the elections that are going on that day. Not that there aren't any elections going on that day. We're voting by mail. They just took Bernie's name off that ballot. But everybody else's name is on there. All the other elections are going forward. If that's not corruption, what the fuck isn't? I want to know. Somebody tell me. That is corruption in a nutshell. And it's come, that's a Democrat for you. Those are the Democrats doing it. So these are the corporate the corporate kiss-up, kick-down, um, enemies of the people, for Christ's sake. Yes, they are. How dare they? And they get to walk around. That's the other thing. Uh, well, I guess they're not walking around now because everybody's inside. But maybe that's why they think 
um, what do you do in a situation like that? Uh, I guess we can have a march. What are you going to do, right? Oh, shit. Let's see. Look at this uh, from the Huffington Post. Healthy pigs are killed and thrown away as farms face slaughterhouse backlogs. Officials estimate that 700,000 pigs nationwide are being killed each week and disposed of in landfills. Isn't that nice? Unbelievable. After spending two decades raising pigs to send to slaughterhouses, Dean Meyer now faces the mentally draining, physically difficult task of killing them even before they leave his northwest Iowa farm. Meyer says he and other farmers across the Midwest are, have been devastated by the prospect of euthanizing hundreds, and thousands, of th- hundreds of thousands of hogs after the temporary closure of giant pork production plants due to the coronavirus. The unprecedented dilemma for the U.S. pork industry has forced farmers to figure out how to kill healthy hogs and dispose of the carcasses weighing up to 300 pounds in landfills or by composting them on farms for fertilizers. What a wonderful way to make a living. Killing things. Killing hogs that are smarter than dogs. This is vile. It's disgusting. I don't know. I don't eat meat. I know a lot of you do, but this is a problem. Believe me, we're double-stocking barns. We're putting pigs in pens that we never had pigs in before just to try to hold them. We're feeding them diets that have low energy just to try to stall their growth and maintain, said Meyer, who also grows corn and soybeans. Well, maybe think about uh, growing some more corn and soybeans instead of living creatures. It's a result of colliding forces as plants that normally process up to 20,000 hogs a day are closing because of ill workers leaving few options for farmers and raising millions of hogs. It's so disgusting. I I don't even know what to say. You know my feeling about this. I think it's, uh, you know, I've, I've proposed, well, I've told you that I believe if human beings are gonna survive, in the future, not anywhere near my lifetime or yours, in thousands of years. I believe that human beings will not be eating um, any other living creatures. That's, what, that's my, my feeling. It's because, you know, I mean, people say sometimes they think they need, you need meat. We, I know there's, whole, there's a whole thing. We evolved away from the chimpanzees because we started eating meat. Our brains grew. We started to cooperate, to hunt, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Well, that was a couple of million years ago. You know what I mean? We, things change. So, and we're also, we're made not like, uh, if you eat a lot of meat, you have health ramifications like heart disease, so you wonder, um, yeah, if we're really meant to eat, consume 
living creatures. And then they people say, uh, oh, well, they eat each other. Well, they're, they also eat shit. So I don't know. What can I tell you? But yeah, I mean, I, I, I just believe that we're not made. It's, uh, also, because we have the consciousness to think about what we're doing. They don't. Like my cats, they're, um, what is it, obligate carnivores? I wouldn't think of e making them eat uh, plants or whatever. That's not how they were made. They were made to eat meat. That's how, you know, that's just the way it is. But us, we can not only live, survive, but we can thrive without it. So we really have to consider what we're doing, especially when we're destroying, we're harming creatures, we're destroying the earth, and it's all connected. There's no doubt in my mind. It is all connected. If we're all nothing but a commodity, you know, that, and that's why I 100% believe those workers in that fact, those factory farm corpse mills, that's why they're being treated like this. We're just one rung higher. Because there's absolutely no respect. Everything is a commodity. Everything has a price tag. And what we're willing to do, how much suffering we're willing to inflict on other creatures for the unholy dollar, for somebody else, not for us. It's not that these workers are getting the benefits of their work. They're getting, they, they get treated like shit, literally and figurative. They really are. As you see right now, they're not, there was absolutely no concern. Oh, so they put up some plastic barriers. When they're walking around bumping into each other, there's no, they're not six feet apart. Anyway, whatever. What do I know? And I see Ed the first. Thank you for your super chat. And where is it? And thank you, Haiku. I'm disappointed. Yes, Susan Collins is very disappointed in both of you. I'm disappointed. I'm looking at the time because at 7 p.m., you know what's going to happen. It's getting on my nerves. At 7 p.m. every day, they're, you know, people start applauding. Fine. Wonderful. Applause. It's great. Thoughts and prayers. And unfortunately, somebody out there, one of my neighbors, I don't know, I guess he thinks, and you know, it's a fucking guy. Who knows? I don't know. I'm just making a wild guess. He thinks that it's, it went from applause. That's good enough. Applause is tedious enough. It went from applause to who can make the loudest noise. So every 7 p.m. he goes out there and, and lays on his horn. And it's fucking irritating. It really is. It's not, uh, okay, it, it, it's like a child. Yes, we, and he's like, mm, what, what? That's how you celebrate workers? By, uh, I, I mean, I guess we're, we're like infants. That's what it feels like. Babies. Oh, thank you, Bantaboard. I'm disappointed. <laughs> it's, it feels like that. But wait, I'm only warning you. 
because it's coming in eight minutes. He's going to be out there. It's and I yesterday I I yelled out the window. All right, enough with the fucking horn. And he stopped. I don't know if he heard me or it was just coincidence. But but this is what happens. Good intentions, it morphs into, I don't know what. They don't understand. How are you celebrating workers by just making a giant annoying noise? I mean, hello? Get out there and fucking do something. And this is what else I wanted to talk about, considering uh, everything that's going on. One of the things... I don't know if you guys saw a couple of things happen. We talked about Tara Reid in the last show. Oh, here comes this break. So I'll give it a second. Give it a second. That's my cue to drink coffee. So we talked about Tara Reid. I honestly, I don't know what's going to, whether last time I said, I thought I believed her. Now I, I'm not sure. I don't know. I'll, I'm waiting to see how things play out. Because I heard that she's she has accused many people of sexual assault. So that's one thing that makes me a little suspicious. Let me see. Accused. I think one of, one of the people that she accused was her father. I don't know. It makes me wonder if she's okay. You know what I mean? If she's just maybe mental, but I, it doesn't mean that that didn't happen. You know what I mean? I'm just waiting to see how it plays out. So, but Biden was on, um, MSNBC, which was good. He needs to, he needs to address it just like he needs to address his, the situation with his son, Hunter Biden, his, the cushy jobs that these rich mother effers get. And also, you know, he needs to address it without calling people fat. Without saying, look fat, here's the deal. It's going to come up. And it is come, and it is coming up all over right-wing media. So he needs to address it. But unfortunately, he's Biden, so it didn't really look good. He went on MSNBC and... It was kind of weird. She, Mika Brzezinski made a good um, suggestion, in my opinion, saying, okay, um, why don't you, because these, um, the transcripts, all of of the um, transcripts of conversations that Joe Biden had with world leaders and what whatnot, they're, they're all in a database. And this allegation if Tara Reid had actually um, filed a complaint it would be the, in there too so they're saying it's it won't be released until for many years and, well, as it should be right um, after I don't know how many years it is but I'm, I know am I I'm not explaining this well anyway but Mika Brzezinski said well why not just search this database with Tara Reed's name then that's it so it, that's the only thing that comes up so nothing would um sensitive nothing sensitive would come up and anyway he asked she asked Joe Biden 
And um, let's hear his response. I'm, I'm just talking about her name, not anybody else in those records. A search for that. He, he just sits there. Nothing classified with you? the president or anybody else. I'm just asking why not do a search for Tara Reid's name in the University of Delaware records? Exactly. And he sat there for an uncomfortably long time and said nothing. And then she moved on. It, it's kind of bizarre. So it didn't look good. And anyway, it's not over. It's going to come up again. But that's not really what I wanted to talk about. What really irritates me is, well, here, let me play something. I'm looking at the time. It's going to come up. You're going to hear the applause in a minute or two. And it kind of feeds into what we're talking about here. So Biden and um, his wife were on, where the hell is it? We're on Megan Rapinoe. She's a soccer, soccer player or whatever. I don't know. I don't watch sports. And hey, well, let's just play it. She's on, she wanted to show her solidarity, so she dyed her hair purple, a little bit of her hair. Jill Biden dyed some of, anyway, whatever. Let's play it. Yes. Megan, how are you? We have them. See you. Yes. Hey, Vice look, President I Joe dyed Biden my hair Dr. Joe purple. Biden. I, I dyed my hair purple. That. Can you see it? In I solidarity for pay equity. Ugh, I love and, that. And you don't have Ugh. purple hair anymore. <sighs> Honey, this hair is like two months into COVID, and it is doing its own thing, and it has its own mind. Well, I, I actually hope this washes out. <laughs> yeah, it will. It does. Okay. <laughs> I'm a little... This is everything that I get insane about. You dye your hair purple for pay equity. Who fucking cares? Big deal. You dyed your hair purple for pay. Oh, whoopee-doo. This is the pink scarf crowd. This is the thoughts and prayers crowd. This is the... Put your friggin' elbow on your horn for five minutes, crowd, to celebrate essential workers while essential workers are dying and getting sick. And doing and, and this does absolutely nothing. It is the appearance of of change. You're signaling your I guess uh, what side you're on. I'm dyeing my hair purple for pay equity. Well, where the fuck you been, Jill Biden? Where were you when Joe Biden was sending our jobs to low-wage, wage-slave nations? How about when he was pushing the bankruptcy bill? Or when, I don't know, he was on uh, the floor of the House for an um the umpteenth time, or the Senate, saying how he wanted to freeze Social Security in spite of what the liberals in his party wanted. The, he wanted to, uh, he's talking, talking about all of it, all their sacred cows, as he put it. But here you go. It's such, you're so safe, though, doing absolutely nothing but, but saying, oh, look, I'm, I'm dyeing my hair purple. 
It's like when the when Elizabeth Warren wore her pink scarf. Oh, here we go. Here it goes. I hear I hear them. Let's hear if that guy is out there. Maybe he got the hint yesterday. You hear it? So far, no horn. Yeah, maybe he learned. Woo, woo! All right, good. No horn. I'm disappointed. <laughs> I'm disappointed there's no horn. How about this? No horn. Okay, good. Maybe they maybe they actually heard me. Because yesterday I was like, shut the fuck. No, I said, um, enough with the fucking horn. Oh, I hear a horn. I hear an air horn. I don't know. I don't get it. I, I don't know. I guess I get it a little. It's kind of irritating. I, I mean, maybe if I had a kid... Who was young, I'd be out there. Probably when I was little, I would be out there and I'd be like, wee! Because I remember waiting for New Year's Eve and waiting up and, you know, getting out there and hitting my mother's pots and pans together. Wee! Jumping around on the porch like, wee! Hello! Way! Yay! For uh, New Year's, you know what I mean? But... If I was a child, I would get into it, I guess. But this is, I don't know. I guess it just irritates me because it goes nowhere. And maybe, um, I don't know. I, I guess the enthusiasm, it's fine. I, I try to examine my, my feelings about things. I've had enough therapy. So I'm like, why does this rub me the wrong way? so so much it didn't in the it didn't initially bother me but um i guess it's because of everything else it is because of the fact that workers are dying and nobody gives a shit or that the um bailouts are going to the banksters of course and this stuff is safe it means nothing. Ultimately, I guess it irritates me because no, nothing will change. These are the people who would wear a pink scarf and think that they're doing something. You know, it doesn't do anything. The uh, As we continue to go further and further down the ladder... When I was born, the middle class was above 50% of the population, and now here we are. It doesn't take long to destroy a republic. It only takes a, a couple of generations. In one lifetime, it goes away. That's what happened in, with the Roman Republic. People were alive. They saw it happening. There was nothing you could do. By the time Augustus was done... By the time he died, there were people who were born and died who didn't even know the Republic. It's sort of like with Reaganomics. 
people born after Reaganomics, they don't realize, they don't understand the kind of world that we could have, that we could actually have a functioning middle class. And especially now, honestly, the world is such a small place. The, you can't get away with the bullshit about the scare tactics, or maybe you can, I don't know. Scare tactics about socialism or um, healthcare turns you into a Nazi. All of this shit. The fact that the American people are so goddamn easily played makes me irritated because that's great. That's great energy. Wonderful. Thank you, healthcare workers. Why is it that the United States stands alone? with health care as a privilege, not a right. You know what I mean? This shit pisses me off. It's that it's that crap. It's it's exactly what Joe what Jill Biden is doing. She's so pleased with herself. Listen to her. Megan, how are you? We have nice them. To see you. Yes. Hey, look, she's got to jump in right away. She can't first right out of the gate. Hey, look, I dyed my hair purple. Hey, look, I dyed my hair purple. I dyed my hair purple. Can you see it? In solidarity for pay equity. In solidarity for pay equity. Well, fucking wonderful, Jill Biden. Uh, I love and, that. And you don't have I love hair that. Anymore. <sighs> Honey, this hair is like two months into COVID. And and another thing that I saw that irritated the fuck out of me. Let me play that too. Since this is sort of like shit that I hate time on Tara Buster is uh, this shit the, on Samantha B. I don't know if you saw this. It's, it's kind of in the same ballpark of gushing over nothing. It's sort of like with Joe Biden picking a female VP. Who fucking cares? Who who is this female VP? Does she is she a progressive? Does she believe in the new deal? Is she somebody that recognizes that Twitler is squatting in the White House despite receiving fewer votes because of the broken system that Joe Biden helped facilitate with his kiss-up, kick-down, bankster-loving policies. He didn't earn his moniker, the senator from MBNA, for nothing. So here, listen to this. Where's the audio? Don't tell me I don't have audio on this. Oh, that's odd. I can find it. Wait, I can play it off the computer. That's weird. The The thing didn't capture with audio. Samantha. I'm going to find it on the... Watch Kamala Harris. Here we go. I'll have to play it off of the computer. Let's see. election. There this week, we I sat down with California Senator Kamala Harris to talk about her efforts to safeguard voting in the time of corona. 
The best part of sheltering in place is that people are finally answering my prank calls. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk Where to us. It? I know that running for vice president must um, be a very full schedule for you. Oh, Samantha. Honestly, you see this shit? I, so, seriously, mm -hmm. my head is so not there. Honestly, okay. my head is so not there. But I do have a follow-up question. How are you going to balance being the VP, but also being the attorney general? <laughs> what is that? You see how... What does that mean? She's not asking her anything of substance. Just wants Kamala Harris to be the VP and the attorney general. Why? What does she stand for? What is she saying? It's this cult of personality that we, uh, that we rightfully criticize when Republicans do it, of course. You know, they're all about, um, you know, Trump and Z's. They love their con man. But what does this have to do with anything? What is, who the fuck is she? Tell me why. Why, Samantha, do you want her to be the attorney general slash VP? It's kind of... It's ridiculous, and and exactly why we're in the boat we're in. Pay attention. What does she stand for? Who the hell? Who is she? Why do you want her to be the VP? Because she has a fucking uterus? I don't know. And why are you so giddy about it? And she doesn't ask her anything of substance, anything that she believes in or why she would be a, gr a great VP. She doesn't put that forward. I don't know, man. Am I want I that only so one? bad, but we're in a universe where no one is getting- I want that so bad. Oh, Samantha. Honestly, what? I, so seriously, mm -hmm. my head is so not there. Honestly, okay. my head is so not there. But I do have a follow-up question. How are you going to balance being the VP, but also being the Attorney General? <laughs> I want Why? that so bad, but we're in a universe where no one is getting what they want except Mitch McConnell, who'd rather play Animal Crossing than let the Senate get back to work. We should be working on the next bill to bring relief to families, to the now over 26 million people who just in five weeks lost their jobs, to yeah, you should be paying their salaries. Who are food insecure, but there has been such a failure of leadership, in particular out of the White House. It's so desperate. The stakes are so high. Do you have days where you wake up and you go, oh, I don't know what to do today? My days are more about trying to contain the bad words that would come out my mouth if I were saying how I was feeling at oh that moment. Oh my God. Often, I don't know. the word that starts with an M and ends with a. Ooh, girl. <laughs> Girlfriend. <laughs> what? Deeply familiar. Regular Rob, you know, certain times of day when I'm watching certain press conferences. Oh, I hear you, Senator. Uh... The nation should be able to rely on the president to speak truth, to embrace science. But you have a Donald Trump who downplays the, the, the virus, who wants to place blame on others, who then is trying to muzzle the experts.
and who okay, is yeah, we to know. act, who is inconsistent. Yeah, on that subject, how would you put together the COVID commission to investigate the abundant failures of the Trump administration? And please feel free to use as much detail as needed. Right, so Adam Schiff and I together with others have a piece of legislation that would create a commission that is about requiring accountability and consequence mm -hmm. uh, that will get started in February of 2021. The fact that you believe that there's going to be a 2021 is already giving me hope. Hope, something that's been in short supply, especially if you're not a white dude. The disparities that have long existed based on race are now high. And how did that so happen? I'm calling for around this pandemic <clears throat> is that we make decisions about where the resources should go based on that issue. Why do you think so many other members of Congress have so much trouble calling this systemic racism? Is it because systemic they have never racism. faced anything like this in their entire natural-born lives? How did we get there, I think though? It is because uh, there is a problem in general that America does not want to deal with its history on the issue of race. Oh, well, that's so true. <sighs> And why, yeah, um, anyway, that whole thing really got on my nerves. The whole thing does. And I guess it's because I feel like I see what's happening and what's going what's gonna to happen after this. I, f I feel like nothing is going to change. No one is going to push. We're going to uh, be told that... Um, you know, trickles. Not. Uh, I mean, let me let me just play. Actually, before we got on, we went on the air here. Joe Biden was on MSNBC again. He was on um, um, Al Franklin. Franken. Well, not Al Franken. Reverend um, Sharpton. Reverend Al Sharpton's show. And let me just play some of it. Passed. Any jurisdiction that receives stimulus funding should be required to track and release the data on potential racial disparities. And the Treasury and the Small Business Administration should track lending. All right, let me just forward this a little bit. This, this crisis has ripped the Band-Aid off. People see the injustices are taking place, and they'll have a real opportunity. But it's not just African-American businesses. Almost all the small businesses, they're not able to get in line to get what they need. They're just not there. And and look, it's not like the banks are doing anybody a favor or community banks. This, this is all covered. They're not taking a risk, but they've got to get it out there. And we've this has gone on for much too long. The economy. But the real Wait, hold on, big wait. operations that are multi-million dollar operations getting 10, 20, 30 million dollars in loans. How we does need that to happen? do these things now. We need to move much faster, wow. both for the nation and for public health and for the economy. But the root of this problem is, to, is institutional structural racism, putting African-Americans and people of color at enormous disadvantage. And I'm hopeful, hopeful this, this crisis has ripped the Band-Aid off. People Yes, it's put African-Americans at a disadvantage. It's ripped the Band-Aid off. It has ripped, it's not just the African-American community. All of it is related. It's the same thing I'm saying about the factory farms. We are all connected. So it's really safe for Democrats to talk about systemic racism. Now, what about systemic economic justice? This is why I don't understand um, 
when Bernie, I don't understand how Joe Biden has such a um, such a good reputation in the African American community. How I never understood that. And when Bernie, when when Joy Reid, we know that Joy Reid hates Bernie, and I'll get to her in a minute. She attacks him. She had a fucking body language expert on her show to talk about how. You know, he was lying because he was turtling. You know, his back was turtling. So I never understood why the African-American community, when Bernie was talking to, um, there was was a gathering, I can't remember what it was called, I don't know, of uh, black business women or something, and they asked him what he's going to do for the African-American community. And he said, well, you know, I marched with MLK and I and and then they all booed him as if that's something you should be booed. But I never understood that, too, as if lying about being under fire with um, Nelson Mandela is somehow that gives you a pass. But when you are somebody who's been arrested in the civil rights movement, you're booed. Okay, but. He, he, she asked, well, you should have a more specific answer because he was saying, basically he's saying what I'm saying, economic justice and racial justice, it's all connected. Just like what Shirley Sherrod was saying, that it's not about black and white, and they want to keep it about that. They don't want us to be in this together. I really, maybe I'm misguided, but I see it. Yes, there's racism. It is all connected. But the racism is the game that they play that keeps us divided and fighting amongst each other. But it's all ultimately about economic justice for all. And as soon as we realize that, that then we should, that the best thing we could do to move forward is put down those prejudices and move forward together. Everybody in, nobody out. That's why everybody in, nobody out with health care, with, um, with living wages, with education, higher education and retirement security, all of that would address the systemic racism I believe. Maybe I'm misguided. That's why I never understood. So when Bernie says that economic justice is racial justice, it's all connected. And then he was, they all, Joy Reid attacked him saying, oh, he should have had a more specific answer. I just didn't, I didn't get it. Because I thought, what, what is he going to say? He's going to bring you fucking bonbons? Joy Reid, my specific plan is to bring bonbons to Joy Reid. I don't get it. So, no, it's all of us in it together. Yes, there's racism, and all, that's why affirmative action, things like that, that it matters to, uh, to recognize the systemic racism, and part of that systemic racism is throwing subsidies at certain people that keeps the systemic racism alive that's why everybody in nobody out you you leave nobody behind and then we truly see that we're in this together and maybe i'm i don't know maybe somebody can educate me in in that i don't see it any other way 
That's how you address this divided country. Uh, also, having the courage to confront our own history, yes. And the racist-ass police force, all of that. But it has to do, it comes down to an economic disparity that they use racism as a mechanism to continue. They use racism to keep us divided. When they talk about the social safety net or talking about bailing out or people getting over on the system, you know what they're talking about. And that they're talking about people with darker pigment. They're getting over. They're taking advantage. And it's a way to, to keep the American people divided and attacking each other instead of turning their anger where it belongs. I don't know. Maybe I'm nuts. So, like, as, for example, the reason I'm playing this Joe Biden clip is even earlier in, the, in his interview with, with uh, Reverend Al, well, he asked him about the sexual assault allegation. Of course, he denied it. But then he, he started getting into other, you know, his plans and stuff. Read against you. And the Trump campaign after and the pandemic that this country is faced with. We have yeah. seen uh, over the last 24 hours people with AR-15s and arms go to the state house in oh, Michigan yeah. uh, in a threatening way. And the president of the United States said that some of them are good people and that Governor Whitmer, the governor of Michigan, ought to sit down and anyway, just whatever. beyond the pale. And the president should be speaking out and saying it is totally inappropriate. I think science should dictate this, Rev. All right, science whatever. The, my should... point is, is that Joe Biden and all these other Democrats, they come out everything, like Bernie says, with a an 80-page plan. Everything is a big, big-ass plan. I got a plan. Like, even Elizabeth Warren, I got a plan for that. What's your plan? It's simple. The plan is simple. Get money out of politics and have a country that works for all by leaving no one behind. You don't throw subsidies at things that keep us divided uh, under a certain amount. Even this bailout, under a certain amount... You get a you get twelve hundred dollars to last you for the rest of your fucking life until it oh, it's over. Under a certain amount, no, that's why FDR made Social Security belong to everyone, so it would survive. Under a certain amount, what they do is create dissension and people fighting amongst each other, and you get those who are higher on the ladder kicking down on those lower who get those subsidies and they, they get resentment. I don't get a subsidy, you know, and then that's how you keep people divided and prop up the system. That's for sure. Well, this is the end of the show. Supposedly. No, but we will continue. Boom, 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 boom. It is a little low, yeah. Hold on. 
My name is Tara Damlin. We'll be right back. Become a patron at patreon.com slash Tara Devlin. If you want to support the liberal media. Why does this song ever end? <laughs> All right, good. Wonderful. We're not really breaking up the show this week. Uh, on Progressive Voices. They're not ready yet. So it's not really happening. But I'm getting used to it. Anyway, so... What was the other thing I was going to say? Because recently, I was trying to find this video of, where the heck is it? One of these, even the Democrats do this. You're talking about a social safety net. One of the Democrats, they, he was attacking who, what he thought was fraud because somebody named Tupac Shakur What's his name? A man named Tupac Shakur filed for unemployment. So, of course, the governor. Let me see. Trying to get the goddamn article open. This is why I ask you to become a patron because, you know, I need fucking help. This is bullshit. I have a zillion pages open, and if we had somebody who could help produce they I can be I can I wouldn't have to fumble around for our the stuff that we're talking about I can say give me this clip give me that clip maybe I can dye my hair purple in solidarity with those who are going to be patrons the su- the 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 future patrons and dye my hair for those who are already patrons, I show solidarity with them. So, where the heck is it? In the meantime, how are you all doing on the on the? I haven't checked in with you yet. Let me, let me do that while I'm looking at you. I'm looking at you, Steve Grossman and Jim and Patricia. I'm looking at Andrew. Thank you, Banter Board and Resist Evolve and Darius and Terry Taylor and Shannon. Thank you. And Els214 and Jim, of course. I said Jim already. Not that you can't say people twice. I want to thank you all in Haiku and Stephen Lee. If you're not hanging out in this in the and Lee Lee from NYC, if you're not hanging out in the YouTube chat room, you're missing out on a great conversation. Every week we have really cool people hanging out, and Ed the first, and Dario, and who else is here? Oh, thank you, Ed. Did I say thank you? Oh, yes, Ed and Haiku. Who else? Banterboard, thank you. Damask Cats. I thought I saw Andrea on here earlier. Maybe I was mistaken. 
But come on over to, and Paradu, and come on over to the YouTube chat room and hang out there. Because that's where everybody is hanging out. And that's the one. That is the chat that I am reading from and hanging out and saying hello to everyone. So, and, oh, here, this is it. Andy Bashir apologizes to Tupac Shakur over Kentucky coronavirus unemployment claim. So this guy thought that someone was getting over. I'm so sick of this, all right? I'm sick of Republicans. And this is a Democrat, okay? That's why we're, we, we have a problem. The Democrats need to stop pretending that Republicans have any legitimacy that their ideology has legitimacy by, by just saying that there's um, rampant, that, he, that he's concerned about. This is what his concern. He was concerned that somebody named Tupac Shakur was getting over and getting unemployment benefits when he shouldn't be getting unemployment benefits. But they got, that's the guy's name. So, but this guy, this, this governor had to get up there in a press conference and say that he was, oh, he's on the case. Giving legitimacy to this Republican bullshit meme that there's such rampant fraud in our social safety net. It's just not true. Wait, here we go. Got to take a little bit of time in these because a couple of bad apples bad apples. make uh, uh, this challenge that much more difficult. For instance, we had somebody apply for unemployment for Tupac Shakur here in Kentucky. And that person probably thought they were being funny. They probably did. Fuck Except you. Except for the fact that because of them, we've got to go through so many other claims that one person thinking that they were funny using some... It's ridiculous. Thinking they were funny, and who cares? So they're so they're such McGruff the crime dogs over somebody who might be getting over on unemployment benefits. First of all, let me explain. Every dollar in unemployment or every dollar that goes into the social safety net returns a dollar sixty into the economy. So we should really be focusing on the real fraud. Where, it, where we all feel the pain, which, namely at the top, when people fraud, the, 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 who are defrauding the system, the people who are defrauding the system, aren't those who are getting an extra $16 or whatever it might be, an extra food stamp. Th- but that, this is what we're supposed to be focused on, right? Somebody's getting over. This whole welfare queen bullshit is a byproduct of racism, and it's also a byproduct of economic injustice. When you have a middle class that is now below 50% of the population, and the, the elites, those who are running government, have a vested interest in keeping us at each other's throats, of course they're not going to investigate fraud at the top because those are their, the, that's their pals. 
That's their benefactors. So kicking down on somebody who might be getting over when who's getting over? Who's really getting over? Well, the banksters are running away with the entire federal treasury. So somebody who doesn't deserve it, you know that this is the line on all right-wingers. They, all over Fox News, this is what they do. They have shows about this. They have um, different, you know, exposés about somebody. Remember the surfer dude who was living off of food stamps? Who cares? One guy. So one guy gets over, and that means you throw the whole baby out with the bathwater. But here we are in... The next Gilded Age, the second Gilded Age in little more than a hundred years, where banksters crash the economy two times in a hundred years, where we're on the verge of another Great Depression because we have a disgusting, bought and paid for um, elite who own government and don't want to do a goddamn thing to actually address. The, the problems we face, they would rather, you know, funnel, use this, um, use this coronavirus crisis as an opportunity to funnel more money into their own pockets because they don't care. We're too busy fighting amongst each other, worrying, oh, is that person getting um, an extra $16 in their unemployment check? I don't get $16. It's ridiculous, and that's how they get us. That's the economic injustice that needs to be addressed. Where's your priority? And like I said, when you give somebody um, who is spending their money, you're giving them money to keep a roof over their head and food in their stomachs. They spend it in the economy. But they don't focus. These, these um, effing Governor Bashir spreading this mean. Here's a Democrat spreading the bullshit, the right-wing bullshit. It's the same thing. It's like, um, what's her face? Um, Stacey Abrams declaring her favorite book to be Atlas Shrugged. Why? Are any Democrats giving legitimacy to Republican lies? Why? This has to stop. And I hope we, uh, you know, pressure them. This is how you make them stop. You pressure them. You don't just do whatever the fuck they say. You say, no, we want a progressive New Deal. We don't want your trickle-down bullshit. And we're not going to put up with your shit. And why do you insist on getting in front of a camera and spreading Republican bullshit? You're doing their job for them. And you know it's a lie. We have the math. We know that th- as far as fraud in the social safety net, it, it doesn't, it's not a giant factor. It doesn't really happen to the extent that they give it attention. It's like, it's like voter fraud. It's bullshit. All it does is advance the Republican agenda to stop people from voting. 
So when a Democrat, how dare these Democrats? Do you see what I mean? Why? Why do they feel the incessant need to continuously give legitimacy to Republican bullshit? Reaching across the aisle? Is that you reaching across the aisle, Governor Bashir? Pretending that there's rampant voter fraud? I mean, uh, fraud in the social safety net? And so what if there was? Somebody named Tupac Shakur was getting an extra whatever the fuck. That person would be spending it in the economy. Jesus Christ. And this is what happens when you have a government that is not afraid of its people. That's for sure. They're not afraid of us. They think we are those pigs being slaughtered. Definitely. They don't care. We're the pigs. We're too much. Oh, there's too many of us. And not only that, speaking of, before I continue, I want to say thank you, Tamara, for your super chat. I'm disappointed. Exactly. Susan Collins is very disappointed in you. But speaking of, you think I'm, I'm not even kidding. We know they often say the quiet part out loud. Let me see. I saved this article because I couldn't believe my eyes. Hmm. Here we go. This motherfucker. I was going to attack Joy Reid. I might get back to it, but depending on time. Because she's somebody who's up my ass. <laughs> she's on my last nerve. On my, she's on my last ass nerve. Because even today, I was watching her show, and um, she was talking about FDR. She thinks, see, that's what's so weird. Because I'm like, okay, you're, you, you kind of sound like you agree that we need a new New Deal and economic insecurity and income disparity is is kind of the problem. Um, along with money and politics, and uh, you're calling for FDR-style policies. So why would you attack the new FDR, which is Bernie, who promises to, his whole platform was to bring the New Deal over the finish line. But I I don't get it. Anyway, not to get off on a track, but as we were just talking about how the Republicans hate you, how you're nothing but those pigs that they're slaughtering because there's just too many of you now. In spite of... And the other thing, can we, while we're at it, while we're discussing how corrupt the system is, how broken it is, let's put it to bed forever and ever, amen, this bullshit supply-side economics, when you have farmers throwing out their food, obviously it doesn't matter how much food or any, how much of a thing you make, supply-side economics, if, the, if that was the case, why are, um, wh- why? It wouldn't matter. If it, all it matters is how much you're making and how much you're making and how much you're making, you know. 
obviously you need demand. That's how the world goes around. You can make as many widgets as you want. If there's nobody there to buy them, then you're, you're out of luck. So give me a break here. What's, can we please forever and ever never say that those words, supply-side economics... Or never let them get away with it. But trust me, they'll do it. They'll do it. They'll have the balls to say it. And there will be Democrats who will say it too. And they'll reach across the aisle and meet these fuckers halfway with some bullshit pandering band-aid on a bleeding artery that will do nothing but keep the broken system intact. Anyway, speaking of how Republicans hate you, and just like they hate the, uh, the chickens and the pigs, too many of them, uh, the, the chairman of Antioch's planning commission, here, well, here's the, the article, is from the East Bay Times, East Bay politician under fire for saying, let coronavirus kill the elderly, weak, and homeless. Ken Turnage's social media post promoting the survival of the fittest rivals many. That This is the Republican way. He said it out loud. This is what they think. You know, the party of life. The party of freedom. They, re- they love life so much. They love Jesus. But this guy, it's, uh, the article writes... Or who is this person? Judith Preve writes, The chairman of Antioch's planning commission is catching a lot of scorn for suggesting in a Facebook post that society should adopt a herd mentality. This is what they're doing. This is what you hear all over Fox News. They want you to die. And it's part of their plan. As I was saying, how, many, how, how long have I been saying this? Before the coronavirus. We were talking about how they hate you. You're nothing to them. If this were um, the time of uh, slavery, if, the, if they could bring slavery back, they would. If they could throw you overboard in the, on a journey where they re- figured out you weren't profitable, they would. You're nothing. You're a commodity to be ground up. You are Soylent Green. So he's catching scorn from humans. This, this sociopath who people gave power. They voted for this person, I guess. I don't know who he is. He's uh, the commissioner of, commission chairman of something. Let me see. Who the hell is he? Ugh, why does that do that? My TV... I have it set to never expire. But whatever. It doesn't listen to me. For those on the podcast, the video behind me stopped playing. That says the logo. Okay. Chairman of Antioch's Planning Commission is catching a lot of scorn for suggesting in a Facebook post that society should adopt a herd mentality by letting the coronavirus take nature's course and kill the weak elderly, homeless, and others. 
Who are those others? Probably liberals, people who get in the way, union organizers, those uh, who believe, uh, you know, maybe people like me who have a little bit of a platform to spread the, the idea uh, that our founders fought for, fought, bled, and died to entrust to us that we didn't need a king and an aristocracy. But I don't know. Just saying. Uh, Ken Turnage the second. Ugh. You mean there was a, a, a first? Oh, I went to his Facebook page because they linked to it. And a long April 23rd Facebook post. And there was a link to the post and it's gone. Sorry, this content isn't available right now. Because he's a coward, of course. He won't stand by his words. But he said that Ken Turnage the second, because Ken Turnage the first was so much at the the pinnacle of human creation that he had to make Ken Turnage the second. That they offer so much to humanity, Ken Turnages. He compared the spread of COVID-19 to a forest fire that burns off all the old trees, fallen brush, and scrub shrub sucklings that drain resources. The nation and planet would strengthen when this is all settled, he surmised. We would have a significant loss of life. Oh, well. We would lose many elderly, and that would reduce the burdens in our defunct social security system. Defunct. Yes, only defunct when, because Republicans want to defunct it. They need, it's so defunct that it's never missed a check. It's never missed to pay someone out. It's so defunct, unlike Wall Street that has crashed and burned for as long as I've been alive, up and down, recession, depression, you know, natural so-called turns of the cycle that have to do with nothing but greed. It's so defunct that it keeps millions out of poverty still, that there's a $2 trillion trust fund that the Republicans want to get their hands on. That's the way it is. This is what they're talking about. They want to, they want, Social Security to be defunct. It's what they do. They, before they defunct you, they set you up to be defunct, like the post office. They purposefully defunct you. Like they purposely uh, passed that bill for the post office to pay 75 years of health benefits in advance that no other company, public or private, has to deal with. They do it, and then they go out and they say how defunct it is. So, the Republican, it's like filthy, disgusting Republican, uh, any of the Republicans, well, especially Twitler, how they, everything is, um, he can't, you know, he'll say, oh, great and beautiful military or whatever he'll say uh, or our terribly uh, outdated um, system that I inherited. But he'll never say, you know, uh, it, it's all about framing. He'll never say what what is outdated. 
they just claim it without, well, where's your proof? What is, what's outdated? It's to easily lead the dum-dums. You know, the same dum-dums who are now screaming in the Michigan State House that they're not free if they can't uh, get the coronavirus. So, I wish they would, though. I wish they would get the coronavirus. Please, coronavirus. If you can hear me, I'm talking to you now, coronavirus. Do, do us a favor and give it to, give it to them. They want it. They deserve it, too. And they're strong. They, you know, that's what um, one of the, what was his name? That water, that dumb fucker water on Fox News. He's like, if I get it, I'll beat it. I'm strong. Okay, go show us. See how strong you are. I'd be amazed. <clears throat> so he compared, all right. The, na- the nation and the planet would strengthen when this is all settled. We would have a significant loss of life. We would lose. Oh, hello. Hello, Junior. Come on over. Get over here. Come on. Hey, come on. Are you coming? Sit down now. I'm reading a story about a very bad man. He's a horrible man. You would hate him. You would scratch him. If you saw him, you would scratch him. I order you to scratch. Tara Jr., if you see Ken, what's his name? Turnage. Uh, what are you going to do? You're going to go. <coughs> right. That's it. All right. In a long post, yes, I said that already. We would have significant loss of life. We would lose many elderly, and that would reduce the burden in our defunct social security system. It's so defunct that everyone, uh, millions of Americans are still living out of poverty because of it. It's so goddamn defunct, though. Well, you know how defunct it is? It's not defunct, I mean. Whatever. Where am I? Where am I? Oh, yes. Our defunct Social Security system. Healthcare cost, once the wave subsided, would make jobs for others and it would free up housing. You know, those old people, they just don't know when to die. And that's when Republicans, you know, they love the troops, especially dead ones. They can put a medal on your grave. They can give a medal to your widow or, or whoever you leave behind. And they don't have to pay any of the health benefits or they don't have to pay Social Security. They don't have to pay any of the Social Security disability benefits when you come home damaged with PTSD. And they can proclaim you a hero. But that's who they are. We would lose a large portion of the people with immune and other health complications, but fuck them. They're, they're like, uh, they're burdens. Isn't that what the Nazis did? 
like I said, I guess this is a good way to round out the show as we started with the 14 characteristics of fascism again. What do you think this is? When someone is talking about old people, it would be better for them to die to relieve the burden on our on on us to make way for housing for us. Well, who the fuck are they? Who are the old but us? We're just not there yet. It's us. That's how disgusting these people are. And you know, I say it every week. If this were 1935, who who would, what's his name, Ken Turnage be supporting? What side would he be on? What do you think? You think he'd be in the resistance? Or he would be in the brown shirt? He would be in the, he'd be a party member. Of course he would. And when they came to him with the final solution, he'd say, well, of course. Why didn't I think of this sooner? Defunct. You know, they're draining our system. We could use, uh, you know, uh, make Germany great again. Get rid of all of those uh, burdens. Let's see. I know it would be loved ones as well. What? Well, he had to throw that out there. Pretend that he has some humanity. (laughs) I know. Um, I feel your pain. There would be some loved ones in there, too. Not like... But there'd be a hell of a lot of unloved ones. So, good. So, banana, happy. Happy days are here again. We're sending the elderly to die for us. That's the best idea they have, you see. It's not fix a broken system. It's not extend Social Security and Medicare. It's not raise the cap on um, taxing the rich. So they all pay into Social Security like everyone does. That would extend Social Security as far as our goddamn eyes could see. No, no, no. It's not that. Their idea is to murder. Make old people dead. What do the old have to tell us anyway? They could only stir up trouble with their tales of new deals and how the working class wasn't the working poor and tales about unions and... How we used to have a country that where uh, 35% were unionized and the rich were taxed at a 90% top marginal tax rate. Who needs them? Can't they, you know, unless we get rid of them, the, the quicker we get rid of them, the better. Then we can tell the dummies a story about how great everything was. When we uh, had no social safety net and everybody drove an Uber, they were their own bosses. So you can drive your Uber as much as you want. Do you see? Freedom. Fuckers, I hate them. We would lose a large portion of the people with immune and other health complications. I know it would be loved ones as well. But that would, once again, reduce our impact on medical, jobs, and housing. Wow! What a humanitarian! This guy thought that 
he probably thought he had a really good idea. These people are sick, you understand? They call us sick. They say liberals are sick. How many times have we heard, oh, liberalism is a mental disorder? They've been saying that for years. Liberalism is a mental disorder. When we know every day is opposite day, we actually have the studies that prove that conservatism is a mental disorder, that you are either a racist, an ignoramus, a low IQ. Well, it all goes hand in hand. The lower your IQ is, the more racist you tend to be because you're stupid and scared. And you need an authoritarian daddy to save you from the scary, complex world. Every day is opposite day. Liberalism? No, liberalism is that crazy idea that we, we're in this together. Even the filthy, disgusting Republicans. How many of them are on Social Security? They're old they have compromised immune systems from their filthy, disgusting smoking habits. <sighs> Unreal. But it's, they're not talking about them. They're talking about us. It's always somebody else that has to make the sacrifice. That's the problem with the conservatives. They don't want to... They don't want to... They're not in this with us. That's why they're not patriots. Just like the idiots at the Michigan State House. They're not patriots. They hate America. They are the antithesis of what it means to be an American. They should be getting angry at those. Yeah, I get it. Um, get angry at the representatives who aren't paying for you to stay home. Like they are in every other country. You don't get mad and demand that they send you back to work in a pandemic. You have it exactly opposite. But that's the idea of republicanism. So somebody writes on this person's Facebook page, this Ken, what's his name again? Why can't I? I can't remember his name. It's probably being blocked from my soul. Ken Turnage. They said, and someone writes, except we're not trees and dead human beings do not fertilize the living. This is a very callous and sad post. Even still, I hope you... And yours survive this as I hope we all do. And someone else writes, This was a favored position of the Nazis. Getting rid of the useless eaters, they called it. Before the Nazis went after the Jews and Gypsies and the Polish and the gays, I'll add, decided it would be a good idea to get rid of the useless eaters. And they also went after the liberals and the socialists and the communists. This is your commun your communist. What does this say? This they make lying hit pieces on you. Wait, wait, hold, wait, wait. Others. Oh, here it is. Here it is. Sorry. Others stuck up for turnage. See, Ken, when you go against the progressive talking points, they come after you. Next, they will try to shut your business down if you do not toe the line of the progressives. Yeah, toe the line. Like, don't be a Nazi, guys. My name is Tara Devlin, and that's the music. As I always say, don't be a Nazi. We're in this together, and we are on the right side of history. We are on the right side of humanity. 
please become a patron at patreon.com slash Tara Devlin because we stick together, we win. That has to be, that is the, another way of saying e pluribus unum, out of many, one. We're the true patriots, we're the true Americans. And I, I will see you, I don't know, we try to do, uh, weekday specials. I'll see you soon.